Viper! Viper internet! Yeah, I've got internet, Jim. It's a miracle. <laughs> i got real internet. It, this isn't American internet, it doesn't feel like. It's like I'm in a country with a, a broadband infra, uh, infrastructure that isn't a fucking joke. Welcome back to your fucking homeland, Jim. Welcome back to Britain. Welcome back to the United Kingdom. Yeah. was just going to ask, is it good in Britain? Because it seems like... Um... It seems like the thing is in every country that you hear people say, you, you hear people say, oh, my broadband is broadband from a third world country. Like we say that in Ireland as well. Is it good in the UK? Okay, so in England, like I live relatively low, uh, close to London. I'm like in a circle somewhere around London. And as such, mine is maybe better than other places in England. But I have like, really 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 good upload speeds and i'm like mm-hmm, yes please i can only speak from what it was like when i lived there like it must be over 10 years ago now but even like back then even tesco had a fucking isp yeah i got my internet for 10 pounds a month from tesco and it ran really well yeah it there's a lot of options and fiber is like pretty regularly available at this point yeah ireland is not so good <laughs> In fact, the 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 best, as far as I know, the best companies that you can get it with in Ireland, it's um the British companies. The Irish ones are shy. Sorry, <laughs> I'm completely um fucked today. If I sound slow or if I'm mixing up words, I haven't slept. I'm hungover. I'm fucking jacked up on coffee because I knew we had to do this podcast. <laughs> that's that's all right. I'm I'm super sleepy because I had to watch the Smash Brothers direct and and the the section about here's what all the menus do put me to sleep. Yeah. It just yeah I'm I I don't know what happened in that direct because my head is full of so much useless information from that direct. I know that Sakurai 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 ah uh? yeah ah uh? ah. Uh, uh. He said there was no more characters in the roster, and then showed another character from the roster. Yeah, he's he's a liar. He's a he's a he's a dishonest gutter snipe. He's a naughty 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 boy. He should be trotted through town in the stocks and have tomatoes thrown at him. Um, we will talk about the Smash Direct. We're recording a little bit later than usual because I was getting my new internet put in yesterday when we normally record. It's not. It's not because we were all playing Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> I was playing Deltarune, mate, but we'll talk about that later. Oh, yeah, I think that's going to be an end of the, maybe to a later in the show one. Ooh, thoughts on that game. We do Red Dead first, because then I can have a nap while you're talking about Undertale. <laughs> there we go. Um, so yeah, fast internet. Um, that's good. Comcast, I've got to, I've got to slag off Comcast before we get anywhere else. Um, utterly useless. Uh, pay out the nose for a business connection. Never get a business connection from an ISP around here or you know, out in this country. They're a fucking con. Um, and I couldn't do my business on it. Um, YouTube itself was fucking up tremendously this week, mm. uh, making things take longer and making videos unviewable. I absolutely destroyed the views on the Jimquisition this week. Uh, God knows how many I lost thanks to people getting messages telling them they had to pay to watch the video. <sighs> and I was looking at regular upload speeds here of about three to five hours hours for a 10 minute video um at an upload speed at one point of 0.97 megabytes per second uh, and at that point i was like well we got it wasn't my idea but we ended up locked in a contract with comcast for a while um and i'm still in it but i was like this can't be i, I i'd rather try and disentangle from it later but get some internet now. Yeah. Fortunately, I'd already had an account set up with Seaspire because uh, they ran fibre to this area uh, in July. So they still had my account details and were like, we'll send someone round tomorrow. And I was like, thank you very much. Bring them round. They got set up within like half hour. Bing, bang, bong. Now I can actually upload videos and the upload takes shorter than the video takes to watch. Oh, it's so nice that, isn't it? It's so good. It's like, oh, this like half an hour video, six minutes, there you go, uploaded. Why not? Fucking amazing. Fucking amazing. I can use PlayStation now. Oh, that's, that's impressive. Yeah. Well, well done, Jim. Like, even wirelessly, 
Like I've got the PS4 set up wirelessly, and it's not 100% perfect. There's every now and then a bit of a dip in, like a little sl- slowdown, but that's just wireless. I could drag the Ethernet cable out there and probably run perfectly. Yeah. I was playing Silent Hill 3 last night for a spooky Halloween treat for myself. Fucking brilliant! Whoa, that is fantastic. Like you know what the best thing from the thing I'm excited about. We seem to be having a relatively lag-free conversation. It's amazing. Yeah. Right? <laughs> this is incredible. We even almost didn't Lars Ulrich our clap at the beginning there. Yeah. I know. This this is the most like responsive our conversation has been in in probably the whole 206 odd episodes. <laughs> yeah. And all it took was not using Comcast. Comcast are the fucking pits. All it took was paying for a service that you're not using and paying for a second service. <laughs> yep. uh, I'm going to have to fucking buy out that contract, Jesus. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I'd rather have to pay for a service I'm not using than pay for a service I can't use. I mean, I'm doing both uh, now, but it's not so much throwing good money after bad. It's more like investing good money after bad. Um, cause I'm not throwing this one because so far this is working out just fine. I played Silent Hill 3. Um, so yeah, this is a good conversation. This is actually working. Um, this would be less work for Justin to edit together, I think, hopefully. Um, but yeah, yeah. Before we move on though, I got to talk about my purple knee. Do I want to know about your purple knee? Half my knee's purple. Various shades of purple. Is is this from your, your fightings? This is from my fight. This is from my fightings. Um, I learned to bump at last this past Sunday. Um, bumping is fundamental of professional wrestling, and it goes against every human instinct in that you've got to take your own feet out from under you and land flat on your back, um, spreading out the weight and everything be as safe as possible this was to be the ultimate test of my back because of course quite notoriously had back injuries for like two years herniated disc it seemed to have healed itself um and the doctor said i was okay to start learning some wrestling stuff but you know there are worries and the the injury does nag here and there it'll flare up so that was the ultimate test was throwing my feet out from under me and landing flat on it over and over again my back passed the test the rest of me didn't (laughs) (laughs) was that because you like failed to correctly land on the back or was that some other part of of this process column a column b um obviously you're gonna biff it when you're learning to do it the first time it's weird to do um I did impress the trainers. I did impress Jay and everyone because um, they said it's people get scared to do it. But I just threw my feet out and just flew myself back. Because I've never had a problem throwing myself about, which is probably half the reason why I'm fucked. Because I didn't also get in shape while doing that. So I just hurt myself a lot. Um, but So I've got a bit of fearlessness there when it comes to getting hit, throwing myself about, falling over. Um, but it can land in the wrong way. It's going to hurt regardless. And part of me hurts for the, because I did it right, but it just hurts to do. And you've got to develop certain muscles. Um, like you've got to tuck your chin and fall back a lot. And it uses neck muscles that aren't fully developed. Um, one time I forgot to tuck my chin. And I now know what whiplash feels like. Oopsie doodle. Uh, that was incredible. <laughs> um, I think I mentioned it on the spin-off Doctors. Like, it was hurting to talk. It was straining all the muscles around my neck. When people talk about wrestling being acting, it is in the, like, it's the certain things are planned and scripted and prepared, but it's still a sport. It's still an activity. It is still a very physically demanding thing. Oh, yeah. Technically, I am an athlete. Let's yeah. let's all remember that. <laughs> it's one of those things that people are like, ah, but the, 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 the punches and things aren't real. It's like, yeah, but you're still going to get hurt. I just love that Laura just said, oopsie doodle. <laughs> I love that. It's like something out of postman Pat. <laughs> yeah, that was lovely. <laughs> that was more British than good internet. Pip, pip, cheerio, oopsie doodle, what, what, chip, chip, ho. <laughs> oopsie daisy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you, you, you're right. Jay says, you know, wrestling's not as fake as you think. Like, obviously, you know, we all know about what's pre-prepared and whatnot, but the physicality of it is very real. Um, My shoulders hurt the most, uh, but that is to be expected. 
because they're not dis- well they're not used to certainly taking that much of a wallop um as i basically throw myself back and have to f- put my arms out at just the right time to distribute the weight um and that'll get better with time but that was very painful um as for the purple knee i thought you know what cuz i'm an idiot i thought i won't bring the knee braces today oh my ride's here soon and it will take a while to put them on and it didn't occur to me, just take them with you, Jim. Just take them with you. I'm only doing back bumps. That won't be an issue. I get there. I do my back bumps. They say, do you want to learn front bumps? I think, yeah, why not? That's fine. So I start doing front bumps. Front bumps sounds pretty fun. It does sound pretty fun. It's not. Sounds pretty naughty. Let's do front bumps and then let's do back bumps. I wish it was naughty. Instead, it just really hurt. Um, you've got to basically trip yourself up, take your feet out from you and fall forwards instead of back, kind of falling forwards in a sort of almost a recovery position um, sort of way um, with your feet and your knees and your head and your arms in very specific positions to protect everything. And that worked just fine. Threw myself forward, no fear, no bother. Was getting the hang of it. And then uh, the friction on my boots are apparently really good because I didn't get enough height on one and the track of my boots stuck to the canvas and just slingshotted me forward, knee first. My left knee smashes into the canvas, the rest of my ample weight following close behind. And now my knee is bright purple and also very dark purple in places. Um... I don't think anything got injured, but the slightest brush to it, the slightest bend even, just stretching the skin with a bend, hurts like hell. Um, But that's me. Yeah. I'm a wreck. Poorly, poorly, poorly boy. Whoopsie-doodle. 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 Whoopsie-daisy. It's not like the back injury where it was hurt for no reason and that kind of makes it depressing. It's Sometimes it's all right when you feel that fucking wrecked. But you know it's because you did a, a thing. Yeah. You accomplished a thing. As someone who will occasionally go out and do a bit of late night partying and come home and be like, oh, everything aches. I don't mind that because I'm like, oh, no, yeah, I know why that aches. And it's a reminder of a thing that I did. That's very British, though. It's a reminder of all the front bumps I did. Oh, yes. All the front bumps. And all the back bumps. Jim, I'll give you, I'll give you a front bump any day. Hello, welcome to Podquisition. Welcome to Podquisition. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Hello, Laura. How are you? I'm good. It's been a weird week where I've not really achieved much, but I feel like I've been very busy. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. Yeah. It feels interesting because I feel accomplished, but I don't feel like I quite deserve to feel accomplished. Yeah. I'm like, I, I can't tell you what I did that was so busy, but I was doing a lot of something this week. Yeah. And, um, Gavin, how are you? I'm fucking fucked. I did a lot of partying <laughs> this week, so I'm fucked. And I also have been non-stop working on the Assassin's Creed Odyssey song when I haven't been partying, so <sighs> I've, uh, I'm pretty tired and, and I'm jacked up on coffee, but I'm good to go because I have a lot to say about fucking a certain game. <laughs> oh, have you probably been playing a certain game that, that people may have heard of? I haven't got to play it as much as everyone else, but I've had enough that I have a few points to make about. <laughs> nice. I've been playing a lot of games. One game from last week I have very different thoughts on now. One of them I've got to play since then. One was a surprise that I got to play. Oh, so many games. Yeah, yeah I played quite a few myself. Played quite a few myself. It's um, Yeah, we've got a lot of games we played to talk about. But So let's get cracking. Yeah. I've said my piece plenty on this one, so I will leave the floor open to Laura and Gavin as we talk about Red Dead Redemption 2 from Yon's perspectives. Yeah. I'll I'll try and get my thoughts out the way quickly because I've not put nearly as much time into this as I would like. I've been I've been away travelling and then working on other bits. But Red Dead 2, that is an undeniably like technically gorgeous game. And it is The start of that game is very slow, and I think that has affected the way I've been viewing the game. I've been looking at it less as, here is a game I want to get through, and more as, this is just a virtual world I kind of just want to exist in for a while. I just want to kind of be in this world. And it has been 
fascinating for that of just I'm just gonna walk around and see what I find and see what happens and be in this world for a bit. That's funny you said that because I started to enjoy the game a lot more when I treated it that way as well. Yeah, I I don't know what it is. I don't I, I think part of it is the slow pacing of those early sections. Everything. Well yeah, of everything <laughs> but particularly of the start. It it definitely tries to hammer home this idea of you have to just stop and take your time with this game. You have, you can't, if you go in trying to rush it, you're not going to have a good time, I don't think. Mm. I don't know. Tell me about your thoughts, Kev. How are you feeling about it so far? Okay, well, I should, I, I actually wrote all this shit down because I was in my Discord group. You wrote a lot of it, tell me you were sending me messages on Facebook. I was fucking, <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> Five minutes, you were furious about something. It seemed like every ten minutes the game found a new way to piss me off. <laughs> and I, I have to preface this by saying I do really like the game. I think it's brilliantly done in a lot of ways. But, but, mm-hmm. I have some questions, Rockstar. <laughs> and here is my list of questions for you. They might listen to it because um, I don't know who all does, but I, I think some people at Rockstar do listen to this. This, this is just a list of things in one night that managed to piss me off, okay? Why did a shopkeeper suddenly go hostile when I was in the middle of browsing his inventory? Why is it so hard to position Arthur to pick anything up and select what you want? And why is there a three-second goddamn animation for every item he picks up? (laughs) Why does a story mission give me a $300 bounty Why did the NPC I was escorting just get angry and storm off and fail the mission because I stopped to skin an animal? Why is there no fucking meter for the weight system? Why am I always underweight no matter how much I fucking eat? I wish I had that problem. (laughs) I wish I had that problem in real life. Why are the horse controls so bad? Why are all the controls so bad? Why was the shooting better in GTA V? Why does a horse... Crashing into the NPC I'm escorting result in me getting a bounty. Yeah. Why do I lose honor when I shoot back at someone who attacks me? <laughs> Why is the item select such a complete and utter clusterfuck? Why is it a different button to select different things? That are the same, such as why is it one button to donate meat to the camp and a completely different button to donate to the money box? Why does Arthur walk so fucking slow? Why do non-pristine skins exist? What's the point? That one, yeah. Why is aiming the gun the same button as fucking talking? Why is punch and kick someone in the head the same button as hog-tying them? Yeah. Why... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why can't I set up camp with activity nearby? Um, so here's one thing I will say here. For, for how unbelievably polished this game is it's also unbelievably not polished it's unbelievably not polished yeah yeah it is simultaneously like ah this is the most detailed polished video game ever and oh my god what they they didn't take any time to do anything it's so unpolished i'll tell you what i think (laughs) could be answered like an answer to a lot of those questions um, could be summed up with one response, not to not certainly not as a justification, but it is its own criticism, and that's too many variables. <laughs> the amount of variables Rockstar has in this game, it's fucking impressive, absolutely impressive. The fact that you can have many different reactions from the same NPC, but but their ergonomic implementation of them is not so impressive. Well, the issue with too many variables is the more variables you have, the more shit there is to go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is why uh, a relatively simple piece of electronic equipment, like a, like an old calculator, can last for like ten dozen years, and an incredibly complex machine uh, might get bust within a year. Um, the more complex it is, just the more components it has that's more shit to fuck up um and while it is impressive just how complicated and complex and detailed uh red dead redemption 2 is the more details there are the more devils are going to be in those details uh and that's that can be an issue um that's what i argued in this week's gymquisition um I, I can't say I disagree. I can't say, rather, I can't say I agree on the gunplay, though. I found the shooting, um, bear in mind, I, I did just recently play GTA Five after Red Dead 2, so I don't know if that changed 
my perspective. Mm. But I found the um, the aiming and everything a lot more responsive and um, in Red Dead. In Red Dead, yeah. Oh, really? I remember. I remember GTA Five being a lot more fun with the shooting. I I feel like. In Red Dead, it's definitely a little slowed down, and that makes sense because you're using Wild West guns as opposed to sort of modern future shit. Mm. But, like, I didn't have a problem with the shooting. It felt well made. It was just a different kind... It was just a different kind of pace to the shooting. It was one of my favourite aspects. I got into a very nice groove with, like, snap to aim, flick the stick up to get to the head and bang. And I got into this great rhythm with it. Um, and it's not a rhythm I was able to quite replicate with GTA Five. It's not that I find it harder than GTA Five to do. It's just that it feels stodgier or something. It just feels... Hmm. And maybe, as Laura said, maybe that's the point, you know. But uh, I just have, like, four more po- uh, questions. Right? Oh, right. Sorry, I thought you were done. So please continue. Why did I fail a mission because my NPC partner ran into gunfire? I thought we left that fucking shit in the last generation. That does happen a lot. Yeah, pretty much any mission I failed was because... Pretty much any story mission I failed was because of that. I didn't... I had no clue they were in trouble, but they suddenly died. Escort missions. I thought we left that with Dom in Gears of War 2, do you know? Mm. Why the flying, utter, fucking cock shit do my guns unequip every ten minutes? Oh my god, that's so annoying. I brought that up in the review, yeah. Um, Holy fucking shitballs, that pisses me off. <laughs> it's like any opportunity the game has to strip you of the long weapons mm-hmm. and just keep your handguns, it takes that opportunity. It drives me nuts. I, I would prefer like GTA. Like It's not realistic, you can carry an entire arsenal on your back, yeah. but it's more enjoyable. Will I go on? I've got like a couple more. <laughs> oh, please, please, get them out. Why do tutorial texts pop up during the thing you're being taught to do while it's happening. I fucking lost duels like four times before I figured out how to do it because the tutorial was up in the top left and you can't look at the duel when you're reading the top left corner and someone's shooting at you. That's exactly how my first duel went. I was reading the text and then got popped. And and also, why were there tutorial pop text popping up during the entire first chapter when it's telling you really important exposition you're supposed to be listening to and also this is the last one why do i have to hold x all the time with my horse yeah assassin's creed assassin's creed just lets you hit a button to go follow road i don't see why that couldn't have just been a thing (laughs) well i think with the horse at least you can do cinematic mode and the horse will just go on its own but you have to still hold the button Oh, yes. Yes, you do, don't you? Yes. Okay. Uh, rescinded. Uh, con- considering every other command in this game is hold a button for a couple of seconds to do a thing. Yeah. I don't see why they couldn't just have had hold X to follow road and then off he goes. For me, it was the um, tapping X to sprint. I forget who tweeted it, but someone tweeted, how is a game getting 10 out of 10 where you still have to tap X to sprint? Yeah, my my thumbs are fucking... It's Well, you don't with, with Arthur, but you do with the horse. Unless there's some other hidden option that I've... Uh... I'm f- I was fairly certain that sp- uh, tapping it makes Arthur uh, sprint faster. I could be wrong. There's an option for Arthur where you can just press it once and it toggles the sprint. Oh, okay. But I don't think there's that option for the horse. I don't know why it's a thing at all. Unless unless it's hidden in like a, a sub-menu or somewhere. Like it took me... I didn't know there was a save function until six hours in because it was hidden under so many fucking... Menu. Yeah, it's, it's in what? Like story? I think it's in yeah, the story, in story section of the menu. <laughs> yeah. Weird. Like none of that stuff made sense. The, I th- just like the way thing drives me fucking nuts because that again is buried under three pages of menus and there's you, you there's no meter that tells you how close you are to losing or gaining weight. You just have to check it every now and again. Yeah. It's really... <laughs> and I do love it. I do yeah. love Red Dead. That's the weird thing. I love it, but I could, like, mm. like you, like most of those things you read off, I was laughing because it's it's almost like an observational comedy routine. I'm like, I recognise all of that shit. And 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 that and all of that said, I I agree. I still love it. I'm having a really nice time playing it. And as as Laura said, once you slow down and take it as an experience rather than something to to go through, yeah, I think it it really starts to work for you. Then a, a lot of those. Issues you brought up are totally valid things and are very much gameplay issues. 
And I think they started to bother me when I was less focused on let's go get through this video game and more just let's just be and see what happens. And when I wasn't trying to power through it so much, those issues were less of an issue because I wasn't... They weren't acting as regular progression blockers as often. Maybe that's part of it? Yeah. It's it's a weird video game. I don't know how to feel about it yet. It's like caught between um, more sort of generally accessible video game and simulation without being either one. It's simultaneously the most like advanced and backwards game I've played. I mean, yeah. there's shit in it that feels like it's from two years from now and there's shit in it that feels like it's from ten years ago. Mm. That's it. Rockstar's always pushing boundaries with its features, but the fundamentals haven't changed much since the earlier Rockstar games, like two generations ago. There are some really archaic designs in there that have just been grandfathered in as sort of the Rockstar way. Um, someone mentioned on Twitter, again, I'm so sorry I keep forgetting who said it, but I, I only remember what was said, um, that in older GTA games, like the first 3D ones, your GTA 3 and that, the reason you drove quite a long distance between a mission and like a location within the mission and back again uh, was to hide loading so they could load the rest of the map as you drive. The games have advanced now to where that's not really necessary, but mm. it's been grandfathered in because it's just part of what, what Rockstar does. And I noticed that with GTA Five, I'm like, I really don't feel like I need to be driving for this long to go f like from A to B in a mission. And it does just feel like it's here because that's the Rockstar way. Mm. And that's similarly with tapping extra sprint, you know, and stuff like that. It's... It's just the way Rockstar's always done it. Mm. So they're going to do it that way, which is, it runs counter to a company that's also trying to push boundaries and be on the cutting edge. At, at least the checkpoints are, are are not too bad in this one. Oh, yes, very much so. Like when you fail the duel, you just start it again. Yeah, and that was another example of something that would be grandfa grandfathered in. They didn't bother with checkpoints, and then even when they started putting them in there, they weren't very good ones. The first duel I did, it was one where you're not you you can't kill the guy; you have to disarm him. Hmm. So I was <laughs> trying to figure out how to do it and trying to aim at his arm, and uh, it was just ugh. yeah. It's so simple to just freeze the game, put the tutorial up, do this, let the player do it, and then unfreeze. Yeah, yeah. That's what most games do. Well, again, they've never done that. And I do wonder if maybe all of these constant 10 out of 10s and saying things like GTA 4 is comparable to uh, is not The ten. Godfather. <laughs> um, I forget which review. that Was it IGN? Someone fucking said it, GTA 4 was the... You look at GTA 4 now and just imagine trying to say it was anywhere close to perfect. I've said numerous times on this podcast, GTA 4 is nowhere near a 10 out of 10. No. I think if critics had been more critical... Maybe Rockstar have, wouldn't have thought all of this was okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I've always tried to be more critical of Rockstar games. Not like I'm like, oh, they're getting lots of 10 out of 10s. I'm going to needle them. But because I do think that as brilliant as they are, there are many consistent flaws throughout Rockstar's games. That we're never critical enough of. Like, they just sort of get glossed over because of the scope. People get angry if you even, like, mention that there's a flaw. Yeah. Like, I got GTA, I gave GTA 4 an 8, and at the time, Rockstar was a lot more protective and were very unhappy with that. I think 8 is fair for GTA 4. I thought, yeah. thought so. Because it's a fantastic city and a fantastic experience and story. It's just mechanically, it's really an, a frustrating game. Yeah, but Rockstar itself never liked scores like that. Um, and to their credit, they've eased up, and as near as I can tell, and from my interactions with them, they're pretty damn good about criticism now yeah. but i think a lot of press if they're not scared of of rockstar they're certainly scared of the fans and just looking at the ten thousand dislikes on GameSpot's nine out of ten review yeah i know <laughs> where some people complained about spoilers okay a lot of people complained about the woman's voice Basically, the digital equivalent of telling her to smile more because she didn't sound excited enough. Right. And not really the reviewer's job to sound fucking excited. Um, but then a lot of it was, oh, I knew they weren't going to give it a 10. Oh, you gave Horizon a 10. Oh, oh, no, no, it wasn't. It was um, 
they listed these PS4 and Xbox One games uh, that all got nines from GameSpot and then like Smash or something uh, with, uh, that got a 10. I'm like, how much is Nintendo paying you? Speaking of, of women's voices, I was truly pleasantly surprised that this game has an Irish woman in it with an actual Irish accent. Oh, what? Um, Molly. Molly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as much as my first impressions of Sean were like, oh, great, here we go. The red-haired, drunkard, loudmouth, <laughs> Conor McGregor type fucking leprechaun singing about shamrocks that are green. He is growing on me and his accent is kind of not bad. He's okay. I, I, I liked him. I can't tell if it's an Irish person or an American doing an Irish accent and that's always a good sign. I always delight at a genuine Irish accent. Yeah. Now, especially in a game where they're rare, uh, lest we remember Fallout 4. Oh, dear. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mo- Molly in this game has a very, um, a very distinct Dublin. Yeah, and I always smile when I'm like, "Oh, that sounds genuine." Harry Arthur. Yeah, there's there's a there's a bit of Red Dead news that's just come up that like I mm, I have some real fucking thoughts on that's happened like while we're fucking recording this. Uh-oh. Um, oh dear. Uh, Rockstar have sued a uh, British website called Trusted Reviews. Um, who are now paying over a million dollars to charities of Rockstar's choice because this editorial website leaked information obtained from Rockstar internal documents back in February about Red Dead 2. This is not a games website like being under NDA and breaking their NDA. They got information which was correct and accurate from a source at Rockstar and reported it and it was accurate and Rockstar have strong-armed them into paying a million pounds to charity. And to take the leak down and to promise never to do it again. And this is fucking terrifying for people like me that sometimes do news leaks because... Yeah, that's not good. No, generally it's accepted in like all forms of media reporting and journalism that like, if you as the reporter were not yourself under NDA and are given under NDA information and you leak it, you are not responsible. Thanks a lot, Hulk Hogan. Yeah, what are the what are the legalities there? Uh, as far as, like, previous precedent is, the person at presumably Rockstar in this case, who was the source and was under a confidentiality agreement and broke that by giving that information to the press, if they are found, like, if Rockstar can find out who that is... That person is responsible. They are responsible for damages. They might get taken to court. Those are all risks that happen. It's why journalists have to try so hard to ensure that the identity of their source is protected. But this is, like, mildly terrifying. That's fucked up. Yeah, because if if the precedent was that you could sue anyone who leaks stuff, wouldn't that... I mean, why do NDAs even exist then? Yeah, this is... Mm, yeah, I... I'm in a position right now where, like, reading this, like, I, I've been talking to, to some of my staff at, at Kotaku UK, and it's like, hey, you maybe need to talk to lawyers before you do any more leaks of anything, because apparently this is a precedent that now exists. That is... That's messed up. Funnily enough, I'm writing a Jimquisition for Monday about the role games media has in spoiling, mostly inspired by Deltarune, but uh, I've just made a note in my script to come back and add stuff. I Yeah, if you want to keep talking about Red Dead, I'll be back in like two minutes. I have to jump on a thing about this because this is shit that's jumped up. <laughs> yeah, go for it. God damn. Okay, well, um, back to Red Dead as a game, I guess. I, also, the hunting can go fuck itself. <laughs> The hunting's awful. I 100% agree. I've been saying this myself constantly. I've been saying it to Alex while she's been playing it and wondering about hunting. And I'm like, what? why does a poor and a good skin condition exist mm. in that game? They are functionally useless as skins. You get a poor skin and sell it for, what, 80 cents? They seem there just to be annoying. Yeah. Or like an un... Just a, an added layer of quote-unquote realism that just doesn't need to be there. Yeah, and, and and it's just because, you know, I said this to you in the chat, it's like all this realism, this focus on realism goes out the window when there are so many non-realistic things frustrating you as well. Yes. That are that are a result of the attempts at realism. I think sometimes game developers, like, 
think realism and immersion are exactly the same. And they're similar. I'm no hunter, but I'm pretty sure if I shot a deer in the face and killed it, that wouldn't ruin its hide, would it? No. Yeah. But but you've got to find the pristine deer <laughs> to get the perfect skin. And if you just find a good deer, you'll get a good skin, which in the world of Red Dead can be used for nothing. And you can tell they're pristine by looking at them from from uh, a mile off, which is totally realistic. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, Well, it's like my big contention with having to uh, change clothes on a horse, but only if the horse is moving very slowly. Oh, yeah, but there's no animation for that. Yeah. There's, you just <laughs> switch your, your costume from one to the other like that, just instant. But it's not realistic if the horse is sprinting. You have infinite outfits in your horse as well. That's not realistic. That's it. Your horse is the fucking TARDIS. And we can't be expected to believe that Arthur can carry carry his guns. Arthur never does a poo. That's not realistic. I mean, don't give him ideas. Like, I've been thinking about that. Like, I was playing GTA Five, and I realised that they added more things, like more trees and stuff that can't just be bowled over like streetlights. And I'm like, I dread the day. A Grand Theft Auto comes out and they decide to be realistic. The traffic lights and the street yeah. lamps and everything cannot be just smashed over. And and like um I've I've spent about I um, don't know three three, four weeks in game and Arthur hasn't had a single wank. I mean He must be so fucking backed up. Maybe he just doesn't have a big sex drive. Maybe he's asexual. We don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, don't don't assume to know about his his libido. Maybe that's why it didn't work out with the what was her name that he used to be going out with. Yeah, maybe he just doesn't have a big sex drive and that's totally okay. Yeah. Video games. Uh hey, I'm back. Um Hello. <laughs> um I'm back. How how is the, how is have we got any more Red Dead thoughts or is that Red Dead things? I I, I sound like I think people are going to think I hate the game now, but I really don't. I re I really like it. I just have a lot of problems with it as well. That's the problem. Yeah, it it kind of feels like, and I felt like this last week uh, when I was talking about Red Dead, it almost feels like, as it comes out my mouth, like I'm trying to couch what I'm saying, temper what I'm saying to try and avoid a backlash. It's like, I've never cared about a backlash before. It's just really hard to communicate that I love this game. Mm. But at the same time, I've got to get these complaints out. I've got to make them known. And, and you know, again, I think part of the reason is Rockstar maybe has not engaged with those kinds of criticisms before. And that's why mm. a lot of the same issues recur in their games, because they're just glossed over. And I'm like, no, no, like they may sound nitpicky, but there's so much to nitpick and that needs to be discussed. But I do love the game. Yeah, because there's so like I mean, in terms of atmosphere, it's incredible, and even even the stuff like the sheer amount of variable voice, like when Arthur greets someone if they've just fallen over, he'll have a line for that, or if he meets someone and if this is just random, the way you can say hi to everyone in the game, yeah, or if they're lying down drunk, he'll have a different line he'll say to them, or mm. and they'll have different lines to say back depending a on what they're doing and b who they are. It's incredible the amount the, the sheer amount of variables in there is it boggles my mind how they did that. It is a ludicrous amount of content that is undeniable. Yep. Yeah. And actually, some some of the most um, interesting and fun little story missions are the ones that aren't part of the main story. It's the ones where you might like go fishing with one of your buddies, or there's some really nice character building in those. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, other than Red Dead, things that we have played this week. Um, I played a bit more of that Starlink that I was very like positive and praisey last week. And I hit the point where I'm like, ah, that's where they fucked it up. Uh. Um, <laughs> so, uh, for anyone who doesn't remember, Starlink is that Ubisoft spaceship toys to life sort of game. And I will summarise my thoughts as quickly as I can. Um, I played through the first two of seven planets in that game, and 100% of those planets was having a fucking fantastic time. Get to maybe planet three, and it's like, oh... I got screwed over by having the physical version of this game. So, if you get the digital version of this game, you get one of every weapon type, which means you can 100% the game. Oh. 
A friend of mine had this, yeah. Yeah, if you buy the physical version, which, like, it comes with a big fancy plastic ship and it's expensive, and you would look at it and go, that feels like the version, if I want to support this game and show that I'm really behind the idea, I should buy this version. It's like the version they hyped up at E3. Yeah. You don't get all four weapon types, you only get two weapon types. That's ludicrous. You are, you are expect If you buy the big physical version with the plastic ship and all the, like... The fancy looking shit that looks like this is like the the fancy best version. That's the version that nickel and dimes you and says, ah, you reached planet three. You can keep playing without more things. But if you want 100% the next planet, you're gonna have to go and buy some more weapon types physically from a shop. I'm like, fuck you, game. That's Ubisoft's Confusopoly in, in play. Yeah. Constantly different versions. You're not quite sure what you're getting with which package. People need those fucking spreadsheets. This is what it's for. For situations like this, I'm making a note for an upcoming Jimquisition. Because mm. this is horse shit. This is the thing. Like, I'm playing the version of the game that Ubisoft sent to me. I assumed they would send me the version that I could actually complete. And I'm like, nope. I know people who got the digital version... And I don't really use the physical ship. I just thought it was a nice ship that I'd like to have on my shelf. I got screwed over by buying the ship to put on my shelf. Yeah. I'd have had a better I'd have had a better gameplay experience if I just said fuck it and got the digital version and had no, no ship on my shelf. My game would have been better for it. Yeah. And that feels fucked up. <laughs> it is. It is fucked up. It's fucked up by design for situations like this. Yeah. So I'm I'm sat here like I've re I was really fucking enjoying this game and like ready to really fucking praise it and now I'm just like I don't want to play past Planet Two of this game that I was loving like I just on principle I don't want to give them any more money because I no. I feel like I should be able to do all the things in the video game. And not be like, mm, no, but you bought the wrong version, so buy some toys. Ubisoft is making sure that there is no way, and I think this is their, their, their logical endgame, is to make sure that you can in no way ever, no matter how much initial money you put down, ever have a definitive version of one of their games. Yeah. Um, and we saw this with Odyssey. You know, you can have the most expensive one with a big fuck-off statue in it and all of the season pass and all of this shit and you can spend hundreds of dollars on it and still, because you didn't buy Totino's from Walmart, <laughs> you'll still miss something. And people say, well, it's just an axe, I don't care. It's the fucking principle of the thing. Yeah, like, the, the, the situation I'm in is, like, the two choices I apparently had as a consumer would be... Do you want the fancy ship on your shelf that you cannot buy any other way? Or do you want the game as you buy it to let you experience all the in-game content? Because if you buy the digital, you'll play everything in-game, but there is no way for you to buy that ship that looks really nice. Or you can have that ship that looks really nice, but we're gonna nickel and dime you for making that choice. Yeah, so, you know, either way... Either way, it's shitty. No matter which version you buy, it's something you you don't get. You're missing out on something no matter which version you buy. And that's just... This is the first time it's really felt shitty. But yeah, we can look forward to more of it in future. Yeah. As far as near as I can tell, we can look forward to seeing more of this. We're already in a place where Ubisoft has Ultimate Editions with three more editions more Ultimater than the Ultimate Edition. Until I hit that point. I was, like, planning on a very positive feature about Ubisoft. Like, I was... The thing I had been thinking about writing was a feature that was basically, like... Hey, this Nintendo-Ubisoft partnership is working really nicely. It's giving us Nintendo properties in, like, gameplay styles we don't normally see, and I'm really enjoying that. And I'm like, yeah, but you've just screwed me over in such a way that I'm no longer excited to say, yeah, this is a fantastic new way to play a Star Fox experience. I'm like, no, no, no. You, you, you Ubisoft up Star Fox in a way Nintendo never would have. <sighs> yeah, that's Ubisoft for you. Yeah. Oh, Ubisoft. Uh, so do we want to talk about... And do we want to talk about any other video games before we talk about the one that me and Jim played this week? Yeah, because I did start Call of Cthulhu, the new one that came out with Sino, but I haven't got very far into it, so I don't know if I could say much. Um, 
I played quite a bit of it, and there's no action in it or anything, even though there are skill trees. So I don't know what that's like. I went on the Steam page, and there's a lot of people saying, is this just a walking simulator? But it can't be. I mean, there are puzzles, sort of, and dialogue trees and all of this stuff, very much like a cyanide action RPG. But um, like I said, I'm not very far yet. I only just got off the docks. Uh, so there might be... Like, I've alternately seen it called a survival horror as well, and I did see a, a feature someone wrote, um, complaining about, um, Patrick Klepper, I think, wrote it, complaining about bosses in it, so who knows, I don't know what to expect from it, I've heard lots of different things, um, certainly it looks like one of the more competently made on a technical level cyanide games, um, everything runs quite smoothly, and the lips don't sync up with anything, but things are relatively more animated than I've seen in their stuff before, um, but, uh, I guess we'll talk about it more next week. But I'm playing Call of Cthulhu. Seems all right so far. Seems okay. Ah, right, should we talk about Deltarune a bit? Let's talk about Deltarune. Um, one interesting thing about the game's title is it spells goblin backwards. Ah, is that is that the interesting thing about it? It's not, it's not if you shuffle the letters around, it spells a thing or something. No, 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 you can't. If you shuffle the letters around, you just get Detralon. Yeah, so it's... Here's the thing. There's a little bit of a spoilery-ish thing, I guess. I don't think... I think the cat's out of the bag on the spoiler about Deltarune at this point. The 24 hours are up. The 24 hours that Toby Fox asked for is up. I feel a bit weird about the whole don't talk about it for 24 hours thing that he requested, but it's up. If you don't want to know what the basic idea of what Deltarune is, skip ahead, but... Delta Tales Underrune... Uh, 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 Deltarune... Delta Tales Hunter Rune. Uh, Delta Delta Rune is. I think that's going to be the title of this week's episode. Is Delta Tales Hunter Rune? Delta Rune is Undertale too. Like it's it's a direct sequel to the true pacifist ending of Undertale. Like that seems to be what this is. Or is it? Okay, the, it maybe maybe that's not exactly what it is, <laughs> but that that seems to be the starting point for like. That's where this experience starts, is... Uh, get this, though. Get this, though. Or, or does, does it? it, I guess. I get that, Jim. You can get away with everything, right? If, whatever you say about anything to do with Undertale, if you just end the sentence with, or is it, then you can get away with saying whatever you want. Yeah, so for any for anyone that, like, is an Undertale person, like, it, you, you boot this thing up, it's... It, I was a bit weirded out when I booted it up, because, like, the user agreement for this software is... You accept everything that happens from this point onwards, which is concerning. There were a few people that were like, I'm not going to play this game when it comes to files on my fucking computer. <laughs> I'm not going to play this usual Undertale, you know, meta thing. That was proven accurate, because apparently if you uninstall Deltarune, um, it currently will uninstall and delete the entire directory it's in, which is a problem. Oh yeah, that's an issue. If you've installed it in a place that is part of another directory, you might actually damage your computer uninstalling it, uh, which is a thing. But yeah, it's basically the first episode of an episodic sequel to Undertale. It's mechanically very similar to Undertale. Its, it's plot is clearly trying to do some different things, but it's... It, it is another game where it's an RPG, you, you avoid getting hit by the big projectiles, you um, you can fight or not fight to get through combat. There's a few things that are like really interesting that are new about the mechanics. Um, I really like the addition of like party mechanics, so you can have multiple people in your party, um, issuing commands, having party members that actively aren't trying to play the game the same way you are. I loved the uh, the ability to warn enemies if someone you couldn't control was just going to attack them. Yeah, like, early on there is a party member in your party who's like, no, I don't like this whole not fighting thing. I'm going to try and fight everything. And you can use your turn to be like, enemies, he's going to attack you. Don't, don't, oh no, she's, she's going to attack you. Don't get hit. Yeah. I liked that. It was, a, it was a nice touch. I've liked a lot of what it was doing. Um... I like the sort of illusion of choice stuff at the beginning. I like the I like the new mechanics they've used in combat to sort of change up what it feels like to avoid getting hit by stuff while in the box. I thought it was a really good thing. I was not expecting it to be two and a half hours long. No. 
I was delighted by it. From beginning to end, I was delighted by it. I, I fully expected this to be like half an hour, get a title card, this is what the thing is called. I was not expecting, no, here's the free first episode of of basically Undertale 2. Yeah. A full game as far as I'm concerned. I've been having arguments with commenters on my YouTube video about it this morning because they're like, well, it's not a full game, it's chapter one. I'm like, but, but a chapter can be a full experience. It's a full product. Its ending was satisfying enough that I feel like I had a complete experience from that. Yeah. Like, I, I look at it as as a full product that Toby Fox just gave away for free. Yeah, that that's a unexpected move considering how fucking well Undertale sold. But if anyone was going to do it, like, Toby Fox is the least surprising one to do the surprising thing. Yeah. If, if he had put this up on Steam and gone Undertale 2, 15 quid, he'd have sold so many copies of it yesterday. And he's just like, nah, there you go. But we don't know what the model is for the rest of the episodes he may charge for the remaining episodes. Yeah. Which would probably be smart. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, is this a fully episodic? Is it, um... Is chapter one a, a prologue and we'll get the full thing for money? Will all of them be free? We don't yet know. Um, hell, I'm not even sure if it's a sequel, a prequel, or a something else quill. Because there's different things that happen in it that sort of conflict with one another timeline-wise. Um... So there's all sorts of things we can unpack. Or is there? Yeah. yeah. So, like, I've, I've seen people who've even, like, argued about whether it's a sequel or a prequel. Like, I thought it was a... I've seen some people who are like, no, no, no. It's a prequel before the, the war between humans and monsters when monsters were first above ground. And I don't think that's the case. But, like, I can see where that has thought has come from. Yeah. There are things that don't make sense for either one. Yeah, and on top of that, like, if it is taking one and or both endings of Undertale as canon, that's interesting. Because, like, say, what does that mean for someone who only played Undertale, only played it, say, as a neutral playthrough, and then gets this experience as a sequel? I, I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts about this. Yeah. I mean, that could be why there's so much conflicting stuff in there is because, I mean, it's within Undertale canon. Yeah. Everything's sort of canon. All the timelines have happened. So this could be a mashup of everything, certainly. Even if the player didn't experience those timelines, the fact that they happened is canon. Like, this mismatch of none of the timelines really mesh, but they all simultaneously kind of happened could be part of the weirdness of what's going on in that game, but I I really liked the new characters that were introduced. Oh, yes. I really liked the new party. I was really into them. I do. I love Lancer. He is adorable. Yeah. I, I really liked a lot of the new enemy types and their, their interesting mechanics. I liked the increased focus on avoiding projectiles on the overworld. A lot of environmental puzzles outside of combat, yeah. I was really impressed by this as a technical improvement and follow-up to Undertale. Yeah. And Toby Fox could easily have just sat on his laurels and done more of the same. And did not. Yeah. And that, that, that impresses the hell out of me. I need to play this through a second time and see what the scope of this is. I don't know if you can get different endings to this depending on how you play it. I don't know if that's the case. I, I, I'm going to come back next week probably with more thoughts on Deltarune because I feel like I feel like I've only kind of scratched the surface. I want to dig into was a thing that happened at the very end of the episode impacted by the save file that happens to exist on my computer for Undertale? I don't know. I'd be curious to try on a computer that's never played Undertale. I have many questions about this very interesting game. Yeah. Yeah, same here. I'm it's 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 exciting. Speaking of someone who does love Undertale, um I pinned a comment actually on my YouTube video on it today because that someone did of course instantly have to comment about how Undertale is overrated. Um I know we mention that every time we talk about Undertale, but it's always funny. Um 
because I get it. Like there are many games I think are overrated, but I'm not going to find every single video about Mass Effect to let everyone know intensely how much I think Mass Effect isn't very good. Uh, but yeah, yeah, there was someone I had to pin their comment because it was so beautiful about how it was overrated and that the world had moved on and nobody asked for more Undertale. Uh, I asked for more Undertale and I'm very excited. Yeah, I, I was keen for some more. I mean, I was just keen for some more Toby Fox work. I think there are a lot of people who'd be happy for more Undertale. Yeah. I mean, it's like one of the most popular games of the generation. Yeah. One one thing you did just briefly say there, Jim, that you'd be more, you were more interested, you were interested in more Toby Fox, I think hits on one thought that I have had a couple of times since playing this, which is a bit of me kind of wishes, even if the mechanics were the same, kind of wishes this was its own thing kind of separate from undertale narratively yeah yeah there's there's a bit of me that wishes it was not in the same world and chronology as undertale because i i really like undertale as its own pretty perfect like contained thing and there is a bit of me that is like do i mm, am i happy that we're taking the risk of more more in this world and I'll have to wait and see what the whole thing pans out like and whether it's good or not. I'm sure it'll be fantastic, but there's a bit of me that's like, I I almost would have liked this to be a new cast, new setting, so that Undertale could remain this very much like complete package thing that it is. That makes sense. I I, I yeah, I, I can see that being a very legitimate thing. Because um, certainly the where much of this game takes place is very separate from all of that. Yeah. Um, and has a very unique uh, cast of characters and uh, all of them memorable in their own right. But a lot of the characters you see in the opening and closing are very directly characters from Undertale. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Once we're out of where the sort of main thrust of the story takes place, it's back to uh, a lot of established stuff. Yeah. But no, like, I, I did love all of the... I loved, the things I loved most about this were the things that weren't the references to original Undertale, that were the the bulk of the game that was in that new setting with that new sort of driving plot and that new cast of characters. That was the bit that I was really digging, but... Uh. Yeah, I can't remember his exact name now because I... I've got a, the mind of a sieve. Uh, what the 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 new the new protagonist? Not the new protagonist. The um the the Lord of Puzzles. Oh, I forget the Lord of Puzzles name, but I know who you mean. With the gratuitous gratuitous yeah. thou arts and and ye oldie worldy English, and that pose and her music when you come to his store. Uh. Um, I can already see me becoming like a big sort of fan of that character. He might be the one I want to date. And then he can reference me um, in a trailer, and then I can be canon again for wanting to date that one instead of Papyrus. No, don't be greedy. I, I, I need to get to be allowed to be Undertale canon next. You don't get to be Undertale canon a second time. We shall see. <laughs> we shall see. Uh, I'm going to be honing my date game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that that was the stuff we played. Uh, I'm just seeing if there's any like new stuff to go through quickly. Uh, there's Hen- Henry Cavill's shitty wig. Uh, Henry Cavill's, uh, mm. yeah, appearance as Geralt. <laughs> I'm gonna, if I do a song for this show, it'll be called Wear the White Wig. I'm waiting to see what he looks like in the full show and not just like a test picture. I, I think it was the lack of facial hair that was throwing me. I was like, he looks like someone dressed up as Viserys Targaryen for Halloween. He looks like a really, really cheap cosplay of Geralt. I don't think he looked like a cheap cosplay of Geralt, but he looked like... I do. I think he looked like a person cosplaying Geralt as opposed to looking like Geralt, the character. Maul does better Geralt. Um, yeah, so there was that that image. Uh, there, was a, there was a problem with Fallout 76's beta where if you clicked anything for a while, it would delete the entire beta. Brilliant. Like Bethesda just put out a tweet where they don't... Just don't... Just don't click anything don't click anything save saving us the hassle <laughs> <laughs> we're fixing it but just like don't click anything right now enjoy your new game don't touch anything yeah don't touch the new game you might delete it accidentally maybe uh the switch has now outsold the gamecube uh and it's on track to outsell the n64 by the end of the year which is like that's pretty good going well done nintendo damn impressive it's doing all right um 
And the Catholic Church has released a Pokemon Go clone approved by the Pope where you collect Catholic (laughs) saints. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 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 I downloaded it. That immense. It's currently only in Spanish, but I did attempt to collect some Catholic (laughs) saints and learn about how I should capture the real the real treasure that we should all try and capture, which is the love of Jesus. <laughs> that Christianity, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Oh, brilliant. Uh, English translation now. I want to be yeah. all over uh, that also, shit. <laughs> Popemon. <laughs> That's what I should have went Pope-a-mon. with. Popemon. Uh, and lastly, there was that Smash Direct. Uh, we, we got a couple of new characters revealed at the start. Uh, Ken and Incineroar. Yeah. And uh, Sakurai was like, That's the complete roster. And then at the end was like, but it's not the complete roster though. And when he told his sack a lie. Here's a, yeah, his sack a lie. This is a piranha plant. If you, if you buy the game before the end of January, you can have a piranha plant to play with. Also, there's a five character DLC, like season pass. We're not yeah. going to tell you any of the characters that are in it. And we recognize, like, Sakurai himself was like, I recognize that ideally we wouldn't sell you this until we could tell you who was in it. But that's not the case. And then don't do it. So, like, buy it, though? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the idea of a piranha plant in Smash. Yeah. Like, I know some people might be point to a dozen different characters they'd prefer. I am okay with that. Oh, I'm into that. It's just, it's... You know what I'm sad about? I'm sad that we saw... Uh, the arms characters as assist trophies and spirits or whatever that is, and we saw Rabid Peach as a spirit, which presumably means neither arms characters or Rabid Peach are going to be in that five DLC characters. And I am upset because Rabid Peach was robbed. She was meant. She she should have been the final fucking character reveal. Yeah. Where is my Rabid Peach? I want her in Smash. Forget about Waluigi. I want Rabid Peach in Smash. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not impressed with. Uh, again, just don't call call your game ultimate if you're going to tack on extras, paid extras, because by def- by nature it's not going to be ultimate. Here's the ultimate game, except you're going to have to buy extras. It's yeah, even without the DLC stuff, it's a fucking impressive fighting game roster, and I'm excited to play it. But oh man, yeah, I'm excited. I there was so much information, some of it useless, like telling us how to change the brightness <laughs> on the fucking screen that. I haven't retained any of the information from that direct. I know there are lots of different modes. It might have been too early in the morning for me, but I, I can't remember any of it, and it all confused and frightened me. Um, I know Ken's in it. There. I know that wrestling cat's in it. There. I love the wrestling cat. The wrestling cat's fab. When's Rise of the Robots characters coming in? Where's my Eternal Champions? Where's my Primal Rage? Yeah, I am annoyed there is no... Sp- Spring um, arms characters. I was going to call it spring characters, and no, no rabid peach. I, I want them as DLC. But do you think they'll ever do another arms? I, I don't know how well that did. I think arms like sold pretty dang well. Um, I would like to see them do another arms with a bit more of a focus on traditional fighting game controls, because the core concept and like a lot of the fighting game rules and concepts and balance of that game were really nice. It's just that there are some parts of the control scheme that don't make it ideal for a competitive fighting game. I think you wouldn't have to change very much in a sequel to make this a viable competitive fighting game. Did you hear about the thing in Fallout 76 that makes it not an ideal competitive game? Oh, if you uh, if you unlock the frame rate, it lets you like far. You yeah, move you, faster yeah, than other players. Yeah, you can go players. faster than other players because <laughs> the physics is tied to the frame rate. So, yeah. Oops, built-in speed hacks, everyone. <laughs> people like there's a lot of people running around looking at the ground because if you look at the ground, your frame rate goes up and then just speeding away. Having done this, it's very easy to to unlock stuff like that in Bethesda games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You delete, like, one line from the .ini file and then just away you sprint. Bethesda. Uh, is that a place for us to wrap up? I think it's a place for us to wrap up, yeah. Why not? Yeah. No, let Gavin have a sleepy. Have a, have a nap. Let me have a sleepy. Well, I need a sleepy today. Yeah? 
Well, while you're doing a sleepy, how can people look at things you've done on the internet? Me, you can find me, Laura K. Buzz, on Twitter, YouTube and Twitch. You can find my book, Things I Learned from Mario's Butt, on Unbound. Go pick up a copy. It's the end of the month slash start of the month. You got money coming in. Buy a book. Buy a book. It's got a bunch of butts in it. Go look. Buy a fucking book. Go get the butt book. We're like 60% funded at the time recording, which is like pretty good. Uh, you, you, you can help us get the other 40% by the book. Uh, other than that, I'm on Dice Funk. It's a Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition podcast. I'm on seasons 3, 4, and 5. Season 5's got Comrade Zimmerman in it. I'm on Queer and Pleasant Strangers. I do skits and silly voices with Jane Magnet. I think that's about it. I've got a memoir coming out next summer. That continues to exist. It'll come out eventually. Cool, cool. And Gavin, music that you do and people can hear it, and how? You can hear my music on YouTube, under Miracle Sound, where YouTube isn't telling anyone that my new songs are out again. Same here. I've uh, got lots of messages this week over that. Why is it not showing up in my subscriptions feed? Blah, blah, blah. So go and listen to it. Uh, uh, I think, hopefully, by the weekend, my Assassin's Creed Odyssey song will be out, and this is a really good one, if I may say so myself. <laughs> And you can find me on Spotify and iTunes. And if you want to help support me, you can find Miracle of Sound on Patreon. Awesome. Um, thanks for your support for me. You know, I had a really good month on Patreon this month, which, you know, for reasons Gavin expressed, very important because YouTube is, it's exhausting. You know, we lost a lot of views on the Jimquisition this week because people were being told to, that they had to pay to watch it. What the fuck was that about? Yeah, we don't know because YouTube won't ever tell anyone anything. They were too busy posting cat videos that day to actually tell, you know, the audience and the uploaders of very important, impactful site-wide issues. Um, I really... I, 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 I'm not even angry at YouTube anymore. I'm literally just tired. Mm. I'm so tired. Um... They actually drove me to drink this week. After Monday, I went to the pub and just necked Bloody Marys. That's what they're making me do now. Um, so, yeah, thanks for the support. Do please share stuff because it's getting it's getting tough for the content. I mean, that's the weird thing. It's not tough on my business right now because Patreon and everything's still holding up. But the content itself sometimes feels like it's dying on the vine. And... You know, I can make money all day long, but I make the stuff for it to be watched and enjoyed. Mm. Um, so it hurts nonetheless. And, you know, it's a, it's a real shame. And That's the thing. For, for me, it's not about the monetization either. It's just about the work being seen and heard. Yeah. Like, that's why we create, is for the creations to be enjoyed. By the people who subscribed for that purpose. Yes. Um, and YouTube can talk about how Article 13 is bad for YouTubers all day long. But as I said... Uh, this week, YouTube is, has been worse for me than any legislation could be. Um, they are demoralizing and exhausting, and they kill the joy that you have in work because they make everything complicated and tough to do and enjoy and share. And, you know, all we can do is just hope they change one day. Um, that is part of the reason I keep talking about it. You know, I know some people might think I bang on about it too much, but it's where we're at. It's where we're at. It, it don't change if we don't say anything. It might never change if we keep saying things, but there's nothing else to try. I don't think they even know how. I mean, I think it's what it's one of those things like, you know, you know, when they wrote themselves into a corner and lost, they would just keep writing more and more corners. <laughs> to yeah. Go into. yeah, maybe it'd be out of their control. <laughs> I think YouTube's algorithm is like that. They fix one thing and 10 million more things break. But at the very least... The fact they sh they have no communication with people whatsoever is, and some of the additions they make are just so obviously bad ideas. Um, but you know there is nothing we can do; just just plod along. But you know, this podcast is doing fine. Hooray! YouTube doesn't touch this podcast. Yeah, get your grubby mitts off, YouTube. You can't touch this. Yep. And my spot, my Spotify has been doing good as well. That's good. And I'm about to hit like five hundred thousand youtube subscribers next week but like shout out to the three of you that get told about new videos you know yeah. <laughs> right yeah it's basically subscribe to win a chance to see a video that's half a million people <laughs> you know noise uh, but yeah thanks thanks everyone for the continued support it keeps us going keeps things ticking along keeps us doing this and uh we'll see you next week bye bye, bye.